Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 3 of Soul Food titled Living Homes. In this episode, we're going to cover why the congregational prayer is a symbol of the religion. We'll talk about not making our homes graveyards. And lastly, we'll talk about the spiritual reality of our homes. As we're looking at the chapters on prayer and congregational prayer from this book, Al-Uhud Al-Muhammadiyya, the divine lights from the prophetic way, Imam al-Sha'rani tells us that we should have an emphasis on praying at home, extra prayers, because when we're at home, we're away from the public eye and no one sees us, and that helps us have more sincerity in our prayers. But you might be asking, especially after the previous episode, why is it then better to pray the obligatory prayers in congregation if praying alone oftentimes helps you be more sincere? Well, that's because praying together as a community actually helps support other people who might find it difficult to pray on their own. They might not have the energy. They might not be encouraged enough to pray on their own. But when there is a group of people coming together, it helps those who might not have the determination and the self-discipline to do so actually also get up and pray. Another reason that the congregational prayer is important is because we need to have aspects of worship and faith be manifest and prominent and visible in society so that you have religious symbols that are apparent and witnessed by people. And it's only really a modern concept to keep religion out of the public space, that now you have other things that are normally private, become public, and religion, which has always been a public thing in human civilizations and societies, has now become privatized to the places of worship and to people's homes. But if we don't have public congregational prayer, it actually limits people from being able to learn how to pray in the first place or to learn about the religion. So it is important to establish the congregational prayer as something that is visible and manifest for people so that they can learn and that there are symbols of the faith that are part of the public space. And you would find in Muslim societies, amazingly, that the mosque and the graveyards were always at the center of the city. That you would find them, they wouldn't be very far from the marketplace and other places where people would congregate because people needed to always be reminded of the place of worship and they needed to be reminded of the hereafter. So this is why you would have the masajid and the graveyards at the centers of towns and cities. So Imam al-Sha'rani says that the congregational prayer, it's necessary for it to be part of the public life. With that being said, Worship also should be part of our private lives as well. And this brings us to the next point. 
not making our homes graveyards. We have to bring divine lights of mercy and blessing and tranquility and serenity into our homes. And the way that we do that is through acts of worship. And the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he beautifully gave us this very visceral description of homes that are devoid of worship. And he compared them to graves. He said in a hadith narrated by Bukhari and Muslim, اجعلوا من صلاتكم في بيوتكم ولا تتخذوها قبورا. He said, allot a portion of your prayers within your homes and do not make them graves. So one of the meanings of this hadith is that a home that is devoid of worship is like a grave. It is a place that is dead. And the Prophet ﷺ, he oftentimes would give us this example so that we recognize that the spiritual realities, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our belief in Allah, the purpose of our existence has to permeate every aspect of our lives because any portion of our lives that is missing that is actually a portion that is dead. So he even told us, a heart that is devoid of the Qur'an is like an abandoned house, a house that is falling apart. So we want to make sure in our homes, in our workplace, in our personal lives, in all that we do, that we are spiritually alive. The Prophet ﷺ, he also said, إِنَّ الْبَيْتَ الَّذِي يُذْكَرُ اللَّهُ فِيهِ لَا يُضِيءُ لِأَهْلِ السَّمَاءِ a house within which Allah is remembered shines out for the inhabitants of the heavens just as the stars shine for the inhabitants of the earth. And in another narration, a house within which the Qur'an is recited. Or in another narration, the houses of Allah, the masajid, they shine for the inhabitants of the heavens the way that the stars shine for us. So just as we look out at a beautiful night sky and see these radiant stars that give people direction and that inspire within us reflection and awe, the angels see the homes that are filled with worship and they shine bright in the same way. So we have to ask ourselves and assess ourselves, how alive are our homes? If we see Qur'an and dhikr and prayer as a burden, our homes will not be filled with light. So we have to change the way that we see those things, that they are sources of blessing and protection and relief and peace and tranquility. The spiritual life of our home is a reflection of the spiritual life of our own hearts. And that brings us to the final point, the spiritual reality of homes. A righteous man who had this unveiling, he could see certain spiritual realities. He asked his nephew about something unique that he saw about his nephew's house. He said, when I look out at the houses in our town, I see that your house is spiritually elevated above the other houses and that your room that you sleep in is elevated above the other rooms in your house. Why is that? 
So his nephew, he said, my dear uncle, I put into practice what you taught me about having righteous intentions when building a home, and that you build a home for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that you want to make it a place of blessing and protection and a place of worship and remembrance and so forth. Then I recited the Qur'an during the night prayer, an entire recitation of the Qur'an in every room of my house and on every floor of my house. And in my bedroom, I have read the entire Qur'an multiple times and many times in the night prayer. So his uncle, who was able to see with the eye of insight, this inner sight of basira, he said to his nephew, Now I know why your house is elevated above all the other houses and why your bedroom is elevated above the other rooms in your house. It's because they've been beautified and honored and infused with the light of the Qur'an and the light of Qiyam al-Layl, the night prayer. So this brings us to the call to action. We have to change our perception of our homes and we have to make them places of worship. We sometimes look at the masjid as a place of worship and the home as a place of relaxation and comfort. And it should be a place of comfort, but we should also find relaxation and comfort in the remembrance of Allah and in prayer. So the call to action is choose at least one room in your house and make it your dedicated place of prayer. Even if it's just two rak'ahs that you pray before you go to bed. Start changing your cognitive frame, the way that you understand your home, and see it rather as not just a place of comfort, but also a place of worship, and try to make it illuminated with prayer so that it's witnessed by the angels. And you can start off with just two rak'ahs. And inshallah, you can build from there. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to beautify our hearts and our homes and to fill them with the lights of prayer and remembrance and the light of nearness to Him and the light of Iman. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm or search for Soul Food in your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.